You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Fargo After Show. Hello, Fargo fan club. My name is Jillian Leff, and I am going to be the captain of your AfterBuzz ship tonight. We're switching things up this episode. Unfortunately, Oriana is out, David is out, and Sarah is out. So it's just me here. I have a surprise, though. Uh, a new co-host bringing flavor to Fargo. Of course. Ladies Happy and gentlemen, J.B. Zimmerman. J.B. is in. <laughs> um, if you guys are frequenters of AfterBuzz, you might recognize J.B. from the HBO series. Silicon Valley. There we go. I also do um, IFC's Marin and starting tonight... Riot on Fox. Amazing. So he is going to do a fantastic job with me tonight. So the least you can do is tune into his other shows, right? Of course, right. Okay. Uh, so starting off this episode, episode six, Burden's Ass. Ass. Mm. Um, Molly. Molly is I dead. Know. Spoiler alert. Oh, no but, spoilers. But I mean, if you're watching this, I feel like you just watched the episode or you should watch it in that order. I'm Very shocked. Very sad face. Sad you, I mean, face. You saw me. <laughs> My jaw was to the ground. Yes, that was a surprise. I did. I definitely didn't see it coming. I mean, the built up right before it. Mm-hmm. It sort of seemed like that was a possibility when he just took a blind shot in the dark or in the blizzard snow. I, I was really hoping that it was going to be Mr. Wrench, the other hitman. Of course, of course. I mean, silence. That's that's who I thought it was because there was no noises. You know, it was just a shadow, right. a shadowy <laughs> figure. And then we walk up, and at first I was like, oh wait. Looks like a bigger figure. That's because the person had a huge coat on, and it was Molly. Right. Very sad. Well, we'll see what happened to Mr. Wrench, hopefully next episode. I hope so. Um, But the sounds that he did here, the gunshots, Mm -hmm. um, seem to be more pistol-like in their nature. Again, I'm not a a huge... A a ballistics expert? Yeah, there we go. Exactly. But I feel like he should have... Gus, I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. should have maybe gotten a little closer to the scene before firing his, his off his listen Gus looked first of all he was shaking like a leaf when he was holding the gun you know True. we know that Gus is a little bit of a pussy I mean he really Slightly, doesn't yes. he wanted to be a mailman people I know okay. I know we find out so many things about him you know let's I, I need to mourn over Molly of so course. let's mull over the rest of the episode absolutely uh, one thing though yeah, I might, if I may go ahead um I'm surprised because it is so cold, blizzarding, specifically in this episode, more than normal. Mm-hmm. No one ever shivered in the whole thing <laughs> except for Gus. I mean, it, it was more a scared shivering, a nervousness, as opposed to the cold. I guess maybe they're just acclimated to those sub well, freezing they, temperatures. Well, they do but. film in Canada, um, so it, it was definitely cold. 
but I think maybe they're just concentrating on their craft. Fair enough. You know? Of course. Of course. Just really focusing. Definitely. Uh, so at well, the the top- acting's very good. I mean, I don't mean to, to hate, but no. that was. I was like, ooh. Hmm. Should be should be colder. Interesting, Fargo fans. Uh, so we open up the episode um, with the restaurant scene with what looks to be Mr. Numbers and Mr. Wrench's boss. Uh, terrifying. Yes, he definitely seems like the Mafia Don type. Um, interesting that they were at um, sort of a combo lobster, Hawaiian, Asian fusion type place. He ate a fish head, right. like sucked the fish head and chewed it. Ooh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, he brings up Sam Hess, which is sort of like the ding ding, the keyword for right. us as an audience. Um, and he just says, you know, whoever's responsible for that. They need to be killed. Kill and be killed. So the guys look shocked. Yes, he definitely lays down the law. Obviously, a little bit more forceful than I think they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's just fed up with how things have gone thus far. Right. So it seems like he's sort of stepping things up a bit. Well, they've been doing sort of a back-and-forth game. You know, they have been investigating Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers I'm talking about. Um, and they really haven't found anything concrete. You know, they know... They, they pressured Lester when they were all in the jail cell together last episode. So they got a name, Lauren Malvo. Obviously, they find him, which we'll talk about later in the episode. Um, but this was a nice opening and a nice setup to all of the chaos that's, that was about to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very curious how they found him. I mean, it's so hard to see anything. That's sort of why the shootout was able to take place in the in the fashion that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was able to escape somewhat is because there's zero visibility. Yeah. And that's sort of a cool thing they do um, with the cinematography, making no real edge to the landscape versus where the, the skyline. It was a complete whiteout. Yeah, exactly. I loved it. Um, so then we go to the cupboard in the kitchen um, uh, with, the our lo- <laughs> with our lovely trainer uh, who is there, Dawn. Uh, still, still trapped, still trapped in the closet. Not the R. Kelly version, the Fargo version. Uh, and it's the remix. It's the remix, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he is, uh, you know, still thinking about his his uh, his spa that he wants to create, the Turkish baths, and he's really dreaming. And then Lauren comes and snatches him. <laughs> and uh, the we know when thousand dollars put to good use. We know when Lauren comes, it's going to lead to no good. Obviously, Absolutely. look what happened the last time. He was locked in the closet overnight. Yeah, I love his character, though. Billy Bob makes the show for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, as a new sp- special guest, mm-hmm. I may say that he is my favorite character. Um, I'm a big um, uh, The Chief, um, who was, uh, oh my God, blanking on his name. Oh, on, from Breaking Bad. Yes, yes. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um Love him, too. I feel like he's not utilized as well um, with his acting skills mm-hmm. as much as Billy Bob. He, Thornton just knocks it out of the park. Well, at least we'll see him in Better Call Saul, right? True. Yeah. True. Saul Goodman will be back. Uh, so, Lorne asks him to make Bob a call. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Sorry. Odenkirk, yes. Tip of the tongue. I had to get it out. There up. we go. It's okay. Uh, so, Lorne asks him to make a call. Uh, sort of the final call that he needs to make to Stavros to where, where as to drop the money off. Um, so as far as that whole exchange between them, you know, when he throws the, the voice changer down and, and all that, I mean, I love how Don's character, or Don as a character, is just 
so stupid. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. I, um, you would think after he was locked in the closet overnight, he would learn slightly that, I don't know, maybe this guy is a bad guy. Well, I love how they kind of make that commentary of everybody being so uneducated and just, you know, it's a basic child's intelligence that could answer these questions that they ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Don, for instance, looks in the bag, what's this duct tape for? Like, what <laughs> What else could it be for? It, it's that kind of lack of thinking before they speak that it makes it almost comical. <sighs> Don. Yes. He's got more problems than just that. I mean, oh, yeah. I think we can start he, with the, the tanning. He can or, sorry, go bronzing. The bronzing, yes. Of course. No, he, can, um, he can rest in peace in his Turkish bath. I know, so sad. Uh, so he's calling Stavros, obviously, and he decides, um, or Lauren decides that he's going to, a lot of the show has been based off of um, tall tales, fables, things that have, that have happened in real life. We'll talk about it later in News and Gossip, what this week's title actually means, because um, it is based off a real story. But he decides to read this story about the boy who had nothing. Very reflective of Stavros's life. Um, scared the bejesus out of him. I mean, you saw his face. Sweating. And he yes. wasn't just sweating because yeah. of the Adderall that, all, that he's been taking. Yes. <laughs> Um, and uh, asks him to meet him in the parking garage. So if you were in that situation, since since you are new to for the Fargo fans. Of course. Um, how would you deal with being blackmailed, sir? If if they hmm. uh, if he went to uh, these crazy depths, the person that has been blackmailing you, puts sends locusts on you, makes you shower in blood, kills your dog. Yes. Um, I think, especially because of how he came about into the money was sort of that whole thing. It's not really a huge loss for him to give it back. It's mm-hmm. sort of like all these signs building up are so cut and clear in his mind that, you know, I need to return this. Like, it's a bad omen. Um, I would, got greedy. I would yeah, Exactly. I would definitely return it. Um, okay. If I was being blackmailed in some other way, you know – it could be a more of a gray area, I feel mm-hmm. like, because he – it's so cut and dry where he found that money. Obviously, Billy Bob found out about it and so was able to sort of parlay that into more specific um, target. Right. Um, I think in his mind – plus he's being drugged, so there's he's kind just, of a lot against him at the moment. Um, so Lauren ends up knocking the trainer out after he sort of does his job of making the call. Uh, and we go to Molly and Gus, who finally meet up, and Gus is totally freaked out about the fact that his Jewish neighbor told him that Lorne was in his neighborhood, in the front of his apartment. Um, I loved that exchange last episode uh, between Billy Bob and the neighbor. He has this amazing ability to instill so much fear in someone. And for the neighbor to sort of stand his ground, I thought that was fantastic. Definitely. I mean, Billy Bob, and that's part of why I like him. His gravitas is outstanding. <laughs> it is completely overpowers every character. And that's sort of how he steamrolled by Gus in the first place. I mean, he just has that intensity just in his eyes. I mean, he says so few words, and it's still just jarring. Like, I, <laughs> please, go, continue on your way. Like, we didn't have this conversation, sort of. And, you know, I, I I say Gus is a dimwit a lot because he is in pretty much every circumstance. But the neighbor 
has the wherewithal to give Gus the license plate of the car that um, Lauren is driving. And it ends up coming up that it's the grocery chain's car. Right. Um, so, again, it's like, you know, they're these two are getting the clues, like, spoon-fed to them. You know, it's not like Gus. He's Everything is sort of like happenstance with him. He just, like, comes upon these things. These things are happening to him. And he is just so – he can't figure it out. Yeah, they're – um, I think they talk about, or not really talk about it specifically, but use the show in, in other ways to show how sort of out of their element they really are. I mean, they're dining on, on that date, mm-hmm. and all these cars whiz by the cops going to the first shootout at Don's house, mm-hmm. and they have no idea what it's about. Well, and they're, they're just both... like, oh, geez, what's happening? Exactly. They're just like, oh, wow, that's that's so strange. Why back, would... <laughs> back to my coffee cake. Yeah, just... Like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just pardon the interruption, ma'am. Um, very straight. And they have no idea what it's about. They're just so out of the loop mm-hmm. that it seems that repeats itself in, in so many ways. I mean, they're shown these clues. Um, Molly, before, was sort of picking up these more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically in the last episode, she went to the um, – the laundry machine, yes, which I thought was a little far, but I mean, granted, uh, Lester has not been um, the best at covering his traces. Yeah, I, I think that the reason why Gus and Molly work so well together, or worked so well together, was that Molly just really needs somebody to listen to her and back her up. Right. Um, she has the skills, you know she she knows what she's doing, and her sort of gut is always right. And just to have Gus there and to back her up and to sort of corroborate the stories makes her, you know, feel 10 feet tall. Right. Um, so from there, we go to Lester in the hospital, which if the Fargo fan club watched last week's episode, I was really excited about it. And my prediction came true that nice. uh, Lester was Never. going to uh, break out, break out of the hospital jail. Um, dressing up as his roommate. <laughs> <laughs> but did you predict he would break back in? Um, I did not. That was a nice wow. twist. See? I thought that he was just going to leave. and Because he's, he doesn't seem to think things through. I think this is sort of the first intelligent criminal act <laughs> that he's committed. Uh, because he he sort of half-asses things. Like, he'll, you know, he he kills his wife. And then he hides the weapon in the house where people can find it. And then he rehides it. Uh, he does all of these things that sort of don't make sense. You know, he doesn't really he doesn't really ever think things through. So with this plan, at least there was a start and there was a finish, and he made it to the finish line this time. Exactly. I mean, he's very short sighted. Um, <laughs> he's basically like, how do I get that? And even with this master plan, I feel like it's still it. I didn't see him breaking back in originally when we were watching it. But had he not done that, I mean, it would have been like, caught with a, your hand in the cookie jar. So guilty. Yeah. So much worse than just staying in. I mean, he probably could have figured out a way to talk his way out of um, the cop situation or at least not look as guilty. But if right. he was caught bouncing no. town, no. curtains for him. And plus, he even stole someone's car at the hospital. Oh, you're right. Well, he returned it. True. It's, it's um, back. He, he did what he had to do. Definitely. Just had to run that errand. Frame <laughs> just, your brother just, real quick. Just a little errand because his brother – actually, in the hospital room, when his brother comes in, um, he basically says, you know, I – there's always been something wrong with you. And 
I I don't want to deal with you anymore. Harsh words, obviously. So do harsh. You, do you have siblings, Jillian? I do. I have a brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I have two siblings as well, two sisters. There's definitely been words exchanged multiple times oh, yeah. throughout the years. But I feel like there's there's never really a an undying love. I mean, it's we say these harsh things because we can't lose family sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you can push the boundaries more than you could with a friend, mm-hmm. which you can lose. So it's interesting to see him take it so far. And both of them, I mean, they basically said, you know, I don't... Like this is this is over. Like his brother basically told him, not in exact words, but I don't, I don't love you anymore. I just I don't think that his brother really ever did, and and that's that's the issue. It's always been, you know, from from the dynamic that I see with them. Even when Lester's wife was around, it was like, okay, well, um, you know, he's the golden child. He's always been. He has the good job, the nice toys, the hot wife. He has a kid. You know, he has sort of everything, and Lester has nothing. Um, and that was sort of what caused tension between them. And I think that at first, you know, the brother was like, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of the shit. Like, you know, I'm I'm the big man here, and okay, you fail your little brother, or fail your uh, older brother. Like, let me show you how it's done. And now, I mean, they're like, I wouldn't blame him for disowning him. I think that the true colors have shown. I was waiting for this for a very long time. Very shocked that he even took him in in the first place. Because we saw reservations all along right. the way. You know, he he breaks his gun. He gets frustrated. All these things that have happened, just their very weird dynamic. And I think the only reason why he took him in was because his wife was dead. Definitely. I mean, I, I feel like it's... We obviously haven't seen the whole story. Right. But it didn't seem like things were that bad originally. I mean, obviously they must be because Lester just framed his brother for everything. (laughs) But I feel like even with with all Lester's faults, he's still not innately like a lazy guy or really that bad. I mean, he's just can't do any right, basically. He's just so short-sighted. And it's not because of a lack of ambition, it's just because of a lack of that skill set. He just constantly fumbles. Right. He attempts, but it's never a goal. Exactly. And that's why I sort of feel bad for him, because it it seems like he is trying, he just Mm. can't do it. It's like he's doing his best, but his best is flat out awful. And he is just in a downward spiral. It is. I I thought we might have seen him hit rock bottom, but... (laughs) Ladies and gents, there are four episodes True. left. We have I a lot more. I don't <laughs> think we've seen it. Uh, so after Lester breaks out, um, Gus and Molly quickly go to the grocery store. And, um, you know, they find out that Stavros is not there. Uh, so Stavros is in the car now. And he's ready to do the drop-off. And he sort of, his his uh, older assistant, his name is... Uh, is is not in my mind right now. Um, but he calls him, and the the guy is at a cabin with his son, keeping him safe and protecting him. And Stavros sort of has this epiphany, and he's like, I know what I need to do with the money. I need to put it back where I found it. Like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. I was not either. I mean, I feel like it's sort of too much what he, everything that was sort of compiling on to... Um, that Billy Bob had orchestrated, mm-hmm. that he may have just snapped and said, you know what, I got to put this rock right where I found it um, and just 
rewind everything. Well, I think he's he's thinking, you know, this is this is God. Like God has spoken. This is it. I need to do what he's going to want and what he's going to want is right. for me to leave it where I found it. Exactly. And it's basically returning it back so nothing was ever taken into the same replacing where we were. Exactly. And again, he doesn't need it. True. True. He's, he's got a He's a millionaire, you know. He has the grocery chains now. That was sort of his his like beginning uh beginning lump sum. Exactly. Uh so Gus and Molly have this quick exchange about two-faced people. Um before all of the shiz goes down with Lorne and the trainer and newspapers on the windows and setting him up with the guns on the exercise bike. What did you think of that? That was a very crazy scene. That surprised me how meticulous it all was. I knew that Billy Bob was obviously a bit of a badass. Mm -hmm. That's pretty clear from episode one. But this was was really surprising how well thought out the whole plan was. I mean, the tripwire, the cops, he obviously outsmarted everybody. And even still, when he was being um, tracked down by Mr. Wrench and... um, Mr. Numbers. Mr. Numbers, thank Mm -hmm. you. He still sort of figured out a way to to outsmart them, even though he was being double teamed. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's pretty crazy that he basically thought everything out. I mean, granted, his competition... Is not the most intense. <laughs> I feel like Don is not the most um, hardcore of an adversary. I just, you know, I had a hard time feeling bad for him, Don, speaking of. I had a hard time feeling bad for him up until the moment where he was taped to the bike. Because this guy who has literally done nothing but help Lorne execute his evils is now going to go down and he's going to feel so much pleasure from it. Because we know how Lorne feels when, you know, his plans are executed perfectly and people die. He loves it. He's sadistic. He feeds off of it. Definitely. He definitely seems, uh, Lorne at least, seems like he thrives off of the chaos. Um, We saw that with the motel when he was checking in. He sort of um, (laughs) spun that whole situation into a tailspin. Um, And... It seems, again, that he wants to make it a bigger scene. I mean, it's sort of... Obviously, Don, I feel bad for as well, because he got the the rough end of the stick. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's sort of a commentary on the the cops of the situation. They definitely overreacted slightly, I think. I... Honestly... Like, does that actually, is that how things roll, cops? Is that how things roll? That was terrifying. You know, I understand that there was a tripwire outside, but if you're going to have a SWAT team of sorts, aren't you going to check to see if any of that stuff is around before you're walking through it? You know, a black wire in the white snow. You're not, you're not going to notice that. Thank you, television, for making that possible, because I feel like in real life that would have been caught. Right. But that's sort of what started the whole okay, or at least in the sheriff's mind, the okay to begin open firing on the house. And it's interesting. I think that sort of helps the storyline with, as viewers, root for the bad guys, or Mm -hmm. air quotes, the bad guys, because it is sort of a muddy waters situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Having the cops overreact like that, having the cops be so incompetent, 
um, shoot first, ask questions later is obviously not the best way to diffuse situations. Right. So it's kind of um, kind of cool to see that at the same time. Um, obviously, we, we the bad guys can't always win in the end, as we know. So it will be interesting to see how they move forward with the, the last few episodes. And I have to say, you know, for anybody that watches uh, this show, I also host the American Horror Story After Show. And I know that FX has been pushing the envelope on what they can and can't do on television. That death was intense. All those shots. Mr. Numbers? Really? Or, okay. No. Oh, well, that, that was, but Dawn's death. Don stuff, definitely. That was like, that was some big time stuff. And I thought that American Horror Story was scary. I had to look away. I couldn't even just look at it. I was like, so much oh blood, so many holes everywhere in the body. Um, yeah, that'll be uh, haunting my dreams tonight, I think. Definitely. I'm a big Glenn Howerton fan, so me as well. I, I... But you liked it. I thought it was a, it was a well shot scene. It was it was very cool how the light was sort of silhouetting him. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I mean, the cinematography in this episode was amazing, especially you know we talked about the light and dark contrasting, right. and just um, you know we're, we're getting to it, but out in the snow, just that was so beautiful and hazy, and I just I loved that because that is exactly how it would look if you were there. You know? Definitely, I've never been to Fargo or Duluth. Well, in a, in a bad snowstorm, oh, absolutely. You're a absolutely. West Coaster. You don't know. Hey, well, we, I've been through some we, blizzards, kid. Okay. Whoa, is that <laughs> East Coast style weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the West Coasters visit the the mountains from time to time <laughs> when we want to, but then we always come back to the beach, so okay. I can't complain. <laughs> um, so after poor Dawn uh, is dead, um, Lester. Uh, sort of finishes what he started when he broke out of the hospital, and that's framing his brother, like we said before. But even worse than that, putting a gun in Gordo's backpack after wiping it off with a scarf, which does not remove any sort of uh, DNA, unfortunately. So I'm sure that's going to come back and bite Buster. Lester in the butt. Exactly. Sure. And even if it did pay off, I mean, the short-term gain versus the long-term one, would he really want to live with himself knowing that he just incriminalized his own brother? And if, say, he got a life in prison or the death penalty, how could you look yourself in the mirror after that? <sighs> I mean, his brother has a family, a wife that's... He didn't think, murder her. I honestly don't think he cares. I really think that Lester is just all about making sure that Lester is okay at the end of the day. I mean, we, we, we've seen what he's capable of. He killed someone. You know, it's not, he, he is bumbling, but he, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. Definitely. I mean, he did kill his own wife in cold yeah. blood right there. I mean, it's. We know what his temper uh, holds. And again, I love the the little aspects that the the team, the production team, threw in. When he was in that scene with his brother in the hospital, um, even though he's the older brother, they sort of um, unkempt his hair a little bit so he would seem more like the kid. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, I think he still is a kid. When he sort of had a Mexican standoff with uh, Gordo, his nephew, he sort of froze like a deer in the headlights, just like Gordo did, and they had this... Um, similar reaction where they're sort of on the same plane. Like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to slowly yeah, gonna turn away. Back away. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Gordo. He's, I think he's going to become more of a, a larger character in this episode. And Fargo fans, we are going to have the actor that plays Gordo call in in either the next episode or the episode after that. So be sure to tune in. Yay. Um, yeah, he's amazing. His name is Spencer. We've been chatting on Twitter. So hi, Spencer. Um, so after all of that happens, um, we obviously see Molly and Gus on a date. Um, we hear Gus's backstory, which is something that all of the panelists on the show have been craving. We find out that his wife died, which we were wondering, you know, what happened to Greta's right. mom. Um, and then we find out that he never wanted to be a cop, which I think deep down in our hearts, we knew that. <laughs> yeah, that adds up for sure. <laughs> he doesn't really sure. seem like a cop. Yeah. You know, just from from how he holds a gun. Exactly. Like, sort of- like this. <laughs> <laughs> shaking just shooting in the dark shooting um, anything definitely i mean it, and it seems like he sort of fell in that role with whenever he's with molly too he's he's the sidekick mm-hmm. you know, she's running the show she's wearing the pants well you even saw how nervous he was when she heard the shots go off and he was like shouldn't we call for bet right and then he started running towards her because he honestly didn't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's ever been in this type of situation. He mostly gets the, you know, the calls that nobody wants to take, the animal control calls. He's uh, He has the uniform, but he really has done nothing to prove himself to the force. Exactly. And he knows that he's incompetent. He said, you know, with the, the dogs, you know a rabid dog when you see it. Mm. I am so out of place here, basically. Yeah. And then again with... Um, I mean, everything that he does, he he was checking uh, Mr. Numbers' pulse and said, uh, I think he's dead. Like, his zero neck was Zero confidence. It's zero confidence. Like, you know, it just, I mean, what I did like was the entire next thing that went down. Um, Lorne driving in the car, the fender bender happens. At first, I thought it was a, just an honest fender bender. And I was like, oh, man, this stinks. Because it right. was so snowy out. I was like, oh, obviously this is going to happen. The road's icy. And then when we see Mr. Wrench and Mr. Numbers pop out of the car, that's when it got exciting. Definitely. I mean, things went down yeah. for sure. I'm surprised that they were able to track him. So I'm curious how they – I mean, obviously it's just uh, for TV. So I think the timelines may be um, scheduled so it, things happen in that kind of sequence. Mm-hmm. But because he just came from the holdup in Don's house, it seems, like, very convenient that the other two guys on the trail are sort of right there at the right time. Exactly. And we sort of see, you know, um, Lorne's skills as a hitman, as, you know, just all-around horrible person, as he slits part of his hand open – and leaves a blood trail because he knows that, like any good dog, they'll sniff out the blood. Exactly. And again, that's his um, you know, wherewithal. He's so aware of the situation. He was able to not get hit. So he he has to cut himself to sort of leave that trail. And it's, it's very cool that he's sort of above everybody else. Even these enforcers who are supposedly good at their job. Um, you know, got it out of Lester. Obviously, there's a more of a hierarchy of, right. of intelligence here. Right. But yet, those two, two are still not good enough to equal one um, Warren. Oh, jeez. 
Oh, geez. It kills me. It kills me. Not as bad as Mr. Numbers was killed, though. That was disgusting. True. Sarah is going to be so upset. Uh, she's at the Dancing with the Stars finale tonight. Uh, so when she hears that her beloved Adam Goldberg has since passed, she's going to be very upset. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. She loves him. Um, so then the, um, you know, whole uh, Gus and Molly so I guess, I mean, we don't know for sure because it wasn't confirmed that she you're was right, dead, although right. it does not look good. Yeah. Um, perhaps that relationship might not bloom, which is sad. <laughs> I, wanted so I, like I wanted this so bad, I wanted it so They're both so awkward. I just wanted it. I know. I mean, the best we ever got was awkward tension at best. <sighs> There but was, like, still. some hair fixing, some sexual tension. Definitely. It was just, like... They had co- coffee multiple times. It was just a lot. I- I'm I'm very sad. If she if she does end up, you know, this is the end for her, I don't even know what's going to happen now. Because now is, is Gus going to take the lead on all of this and sort of avenge everything for killing Molly? Is he going to go down if she's actually dead? Because he sort of has this you know, insane moral compass to admit to everything. And, you know, is he going to say, like, I I killed her. This is what I did. You know, like, he's met her father. He's looked her father in the eyes. Like, Lord, this man. And he has a daughter. What's going to happen to poor Greta? I know. They need to rekindle the family. Oh, my God. But there's more episodes left. There Hope are. Hope is not lost. There I are. feel like we could turn it around. I mean, there's, what, four episodes left? Four episodes left, yeah. So we still have some time. But, you know, one last thing happened, which we are both confused about, Fargo fans. What is with the the fish? I tried to Google why there would be fish. <laughs> raining fish. Raining fish. I, I Googled if why fish would come out of the water. I thought, oh, maybe the air is warmer than the water, but I think water is warmer than air, so why would this happen? Also, were they even by water? We can't I see it. was I mean, so white. Yeah, it's pitch white. So we're just really curious as to why. They, did they fall out of a truck? We have no idea. So if we are complete dum-dums and you have the answer, Please comment under the video with the answer. I will also be tweeting out with using hashtag Fargo Fan Club this exact question about the fish. Um, So the fish basically kill Stavros' son and Stavros' bodyguard. And he is feeling great. You know, he just buried this money and he comes back and sees the car on the side of the road and the rest of his life crumbles beneath. Definitely. I mean, I think... The timing, again, is so perfect right after he brings it back, sort of to say that he made the wrong decision. Everything in his life just exploded. I mean, the two people he did care about um, are gone now. Yeah. It's it's so sad to see directly after he does what he thinks is right, mm-hmm. that's sort of the answer that he gets almost immediately. So the, I, I don't know if there's another way that that character can see it other than... This is a direct reaction to what I just chose to do. Which... And this means that Lauren will get his money. Right. Or Lauren is one step closer to getting his money. Um, and besides that, I mean, the episode sort of ended on the perfect note. Lester back in his hospital bed, smiling, a nice shit-eating grin. Yes, exactly. On his face. Uh... After completing the perfect plan. Yeah. I mean, framing your brother, framing your nephew... Hopping back in bed. 
Let's enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah, just, well, that's done. <laughs> Dust it off. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, there's still so many clues right. that I feel like they have to figure out. That's why I, I don't know if they'll kill off Molly this early. Mm-hmm. I Because if it's up to Gus, even clues this obvious, I don't think, uh, would be picked up. Oh, dear Lord. I but there's definitely breadcrumbs throughout the episode. I think when it zoomed in, we were talking about this while screening it on the poster that they – they have in uh, Lester's basement. The fish With the fish, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he now chose to hide the hammer. It's sort of zoomed in on the middle fish, which has always been um, sort of the one f- swimming the other way, was covered in blood, sort of in a similar shape as, as the hole. So that's definitely um, an indication of, of, of how things may play out. If they do find the hammer in his brother's place, you know, they're obviously going to check Lester's house again. I can't believe he wouldn't think about that. Sure and why wouldn't he just destroy the hammer? Like, why wouldn't you just take it out of the equation? Oh, Lester, we may never know, sir. We may never know. Exactly. A lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> unsolved mysteries. With that said, I think we are done with the episode recap, and we have some news and gossip. After take it away, sir. Well, like you mentioned before, we um, teased with the title of the show, um, Beridian's Ass. Um, It's a paradox, actually. It's a, I believe it's a 14th century French um, in origin, but it's a paradox of free will. Mm -hmm. Basically, the story goes, a donkey um, is put in the middle of a hay um, bale of hay and water, and he is equally hungry and thirsty. Because he's in equidistant, basically, to both of those options, he can't decide what he wants more, and he ends up ultimately choosing none of them and dying of thirst and hunger. Hmm. So it's similar in the, in the um, to the episode, obviously, with Stavros mm-hmm. sort of juggling what he's going to do with the decision. Right. Um, and sort of, again, choosing incorrectly, um, it seems. And, and obviously, there's lots of death in the episode. Absolutely. Oof. Okay. Well, I dig that. I yeah. like it. Um, Fargo fans, if you have um, a parable that you think uh, should be a part of the show, or maybe you can make a prediction yourself of something that you think is going to happen based on these sort of random stories that they've been pulling from, uh, let us know, obviously, in the comments. And uh, with that said, I think we need to predict, don't we? Definitely. Okay. And now, you're after Buzz. So, I don't know about you viewers. Ooh. Hi. I was once like you. A lazy angry Sorry. (laughs) The soundboard is going crazy. Oh, no. Everything's crashing down. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, for you viewers at home, um, we here did not see a preview for next week. Um, I don't know if that's different from you all, but we're just sort of going to go off of what we think. Um... Genuine predictions. Genuine predictions. I know this is crazy. We actually have to think. Oh, my God. Uh, So I would love to see – so I I think that Molly is dead. That that is something that I – I mean, I don't want her to be Mm -hmm. dead, but I think she is. Um, And I'm hoping that um, uh, what is uh, Bob Odenkirk's character – I'm hoping that Bob Odenkirk is sort of her champion because as we saw in the last episode, uh, he sort of 
believed her for the first time. Right. And there was sort of a breakthrough there. So I'm hoping that through all of this, if her life is over now, he will sort of carry on with Gus, you know, under his under his wing because that little duckling cannot fly. Right. Uh, or at least we don't think he can. Um, but maybe Greta gets involved too because Greta also knows Molly and made that connection there. So we'll see. I think that the next episode is going to be very Selverson-centric. Uh what do you think? Um, I agree. If I may piggyback on that prediction for a moment, I I think Molly may have had her last episode, sadly. Oh, no. But I think hopefully Bob Odenkirk makes a comeback, and and yeah. as you said, he really had um, sort of the first um, belief of Molly, and and that sort of went against what he thought of Lester, having known him before right. as sort of a genteel. Dullard um, definitely sees how the dots are connected and sees the clues. I mean, he's not um, a terribly unintelligent guy. I feel like he has more of the cop instinct than, say, Gus. Mm -hmm. And hopefully Gus gets a little uh, more gravitas from his daughter. I I think all of this um, chaos that he's been through might be um, a, a moving forward point where he's sort of seen the worst it can get and can move forward and really grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of Billy Bob, I think he's going to keep keep thwarting the punishments for a few more episodes at least, or at least I, I hope that. Yeah. I, I just want to add, too, onto my prediction that, you know, Gus hasn't really felt any consequences yet, direct consequences, mm-hmm. so I think that he's also going to start experiencing them in the next episode. Um, and uh, you know what? That is our show for tonight. Uh, where can the people find you outside of this lovely room? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JB underscore Zimmerman. And uh, also they can watch the other after shows I do, Silicon Valley from HBO. Starting tonight, Fox's Riot. And on Thursdays, Marin on AFC. Amazing. Uh, well, once again, I am Jillian Leff. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jillian Leff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jilly Leff. And I will be gone next week. So this man is going to fill in for me. So you will see him yeah. again. Um, and hopefully the normal panel is back. Thank you guys so much. Um, be sure to like us, comment, and uh, hopefully the AfterBuzz TV site will be back up for you soon. Uh, we'll see you next week. From executive Bye. producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you for watching AfterBuzz TV on YouTube. For more of your favorite after shows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here. And be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later. <laughs>